we live in a time when families need strengthening. Welcome to The Antithesis. My name is Owen Strand, and I will be your host. In Colossians 3, verse 18, the Apostle Paul says this, Wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. God has a design for the family, but the family, the Christian family, that is, always needs strengthening. And this is especially true as we enter the summer of 2022. Think about where we are right now culturally. I'm speaking from my American context, but this is true for many families across the world. I don't know about you, but I and my family are finding that it does feel like we have come out of uh, two years of absolute chaos. It may well be the case that we enter new chaos in months ahead. I'm guessing we will. But for now, it feels like there is at least a very brief respite. We're not at the very least in the heat of uh, lockdown fever, and we are not in the heat of uh, woke uh, destabilization of our society. So there are some things that have, if not resolved, at least quieted down to some degree, and that is allowing us, a lot of us anyway, a little bit of a chance to take a deep breath, step back, and think about how we're doing, how our family is doing, how our marriage is going, how are our kids faring. This is a great opportunity for us to recognize that we have a chance to strengthen our family. We always want to do so in accordance with the biblical vision, the vision of Colossians 3 and other texts that I mentioned just a minute ago. And I want you to to remember here how vital it is that every family have a godly husband and father who is striving for the goodness of his home. God has appointed men to be in charge of their household. God has given authority to men authority that is spiritual, but authority that has various ramifications. That authority is never to be used against a wife and children in, a, in an evil, sinful way. That authority is always a gift from God to be stewarded for the good of a man and a good of his home. So summers like this present fathers like us with a profound opportunity. We have an opportunity before us. We can seize at least some pocket of time in the summer, and we can use it for the good of our family. Lots of people today need encouragement and strengthening. Children need to go have some fun. Wives need a break, some form of relaxation. This isn't going to look the same for every family. Uh, Every family is not at the same economic level. Every family does not have the same opportunities. Every family does not have the same access to, you know, that epic vacation that everybody likes on Instagram. But you don't have to be able to take your family on a $50,000 vacation across the globe or something like this in order for it to count and in order for it to bless your family. You can do any number of things in order to bless and build into your family. So this summer, Think of yourself as a father, as having an opportunity. If you're a married couple, if you're a husband and a wife, if you're listening to this and your husband is not listening to it, then have a conversation with him in a loving, gracious way and talk to him about the summer. 
we fathers have an opportunity to bless our families. We have plenty of work to do. I certainly do. And many of you men out there do who provide for your family in a biblically faithful way. Praise God for that. But we also know that the scripture itself has the year of Jubilee. The scripture itself in the Old Testament offered the people of God the Sabbath. There is a time for rest. It's not exactly the same as what Westerners think of when they think of a weekend. But nonetheless, secularism didn't come up with a day off, a day of rest, uh, a day of God-centered recharging. God did. God came up with that concept. God gave his people rest. God liberated the land from all its debts and obligations every five decades or so. God is clearly a God who loves rest, celebration, refreshment. You think about all the the feasts that recur throughout the Old Testament. You think about how the book of Isaiah, Isaiah 25 and other texts, for example, speaks of uh, feasting in the end times as a picture of the joy that awaits us when various Old Testament authors were trying to capture how wonderful uh, the eschatological plan of God was. They went to the banquet table. They went to wine. They went to rich feasting. They went to killed animals that uh, were roasted with skill for many hours. God loves joy. God loves refreshment. You could even say it this way, rightly understood, God loves fun. Our life is not to be one long carnival ride, but God gives us a tremendous amount of enjoyment in this life. And I want to be real here for just a minute. Reformed Christians of my kind don't always excel at joy. Sometimes we excel at the kind of gritted teeth joy. And it is right that we do so because there are very hard elements of life in this fallen world. And there are many things that you and I must endure. And sometimes we are called to endure hardship, not just for a week or a season, but for a lifetime. So we need to be real about that. But we need to know that there is also joy that really does pervade your life and really does make you smile and make others say about you, that person is a joy to be around. I sometimes wonder if our joy has gotten so theological, has gotten so high level as a concept that we're not really letting it sprout in all corners of our existence. And so joy for us is really a theological reality and not a practical reality. When in reality, if joy has taken hold of our life in Christ, if it is now not just always winter, but now it's always Christmas in Jesus Christ, if that's true for you and me, then that joy should actually be permeating our daily existence. People who are around us at at our home, at work, at church, we want to be able to say with real justification, that person is joyful. That person is a joy to be around, not in a generic hallmarkish way, but because God is working in their life And though their life is not perfect, that man or woman has been reborn by the grace of God. They love God. They are striving by God's grace to know God. 
God is working in them. I can see God's work in them. I can see God changing them over time. And frankly, they enjoy God. They enjoy God's goodness. They enjoy the world God has made. Their life is not uh, an endless highlight video. And yet, this given man or woman, or more broadly, this family, emanates joy. What would it mean for our families to emanate joy? No, unbelievers, as we have talked about in past episodes, are not necessarily going to understand us. They're not necessarily going to understand our joy in Christ. Uh, They're not necessarily going to like us, (laughs) even if we are living for God's glory and joyfully so. But in at least some cases, especially in this war-torn world, especially in societies where families are in absolute chaos, especially where so many marriages tragically are breaking down, especially where so many children do not have a loving father and loving mother married together, stable, committed, especially from a Christian vantage point. In these kind of environments, joyful Christian families will stand out. We don't mean that everybody is going to surround us and applaud us, but joyful Christian families will have a palpable effect in neighborhoods, communities, schools, churches, and other settings. One way to bless our families as the men who lead our homes is to strategize for joy. Too many men fail to plan. I will make a confession. I am not innately good at planning. Uh, Some of us out there almost like when the odds are against us and we kind of have to troubleshoot our way out of circumstances. The problem is you can live that way. The problem is you can live never planning. And if you don't plan at some level, especially as your life gets more complex, as there are more children in the mix, as your work is busier, as there are more obligations before you and your family, If you do not plan, you're going to miss numerous opportunities. Really, men have to plan all the time. That is a huge feature of mature Christian manhood, being a man who gets a plan, being a man who is not living by the seat of his pants, being a man who is not looking to others to give shape and direction to the life his family is leading, he himself is leading. So men, here's my charge to you in good affection and good cheer. Strategize for joy. Get a plan for you and your family by which you're going to have a lot of God-centered fun. Get a plan. You still have time. It's really mid-May, I guess late May now. There is still much time for you with regard to the summer of 2022, to figure out a way that you can bless your family in a profound way. As I said earlier, you may not have a ton in the bank account. Gas prices are insane. Flights are absolutely ridiculous in terms of their cost. It is hard for me, sitting here in Conway, Arkansas, uh, teaching and helping lead Grace Bible Theological Seminary, 
it's hard for me to know exactly what our political leaders are up to and where things are headed, but it certainly feels like this is, speaking of planning, planned obsolescence. It feels like America, America's leaders, that is, are choosing mediocrity right now. And there's a lot to say about that theme that has a lot of ramifications for all of us. Our lives are more expensive. Our lives are more difficult. It is harder to do basic tasks on a daily basis. Errands that you used to run that would take you 25 minutes, now you have to budget an hour and a half for. Uh, It just feels like the world has gotten tougher and harder and things are being run far worse than they used to. The service, the customer service, uh, the service you get in a restaurant, whatever it may be, feels noticeably worse uh, than it used to be. There's much to say here, but suffice it to say, we may have less in the bank account these days. Don't let that prevent you as a man from strategizing for joy. Actually, a lot of the best things in this life don't cost a lot. There's this very modern idea that if you're going to have a family vacation, if you're going to take a summer trip, something like this, then it's got to be maximally uh, pricey. It's kind of like weddings today. If your wedding really matters, oh man, you got to surreptitiously slip in the price tag when you talk about it to your friends and express that your wedding was definitely over $15,000, $30,000, $50,000, as if if you spend more money on a wedding ceremony, uh, you got more married than people who got married on a budget. You have your own decisions before you. If, if you have cash to burn with regard to a wedding, God bless you. I could care less. But suffice it to say, we need to avoid a mentality, I think, in, in our Western consumeristic world where we equate naturally, necessarily, spending money with value. I don't know about you, but I think about my childhood. I think about trips that my father, father and mother took me and my sister on. And some of them were, you know, amazing and did require some, some financial investment. Others were amazing and were very simple. I think of my own family, the family I lead. I've got a lovely wife and three children, and uh, we took a a trip out west and a few years ago. And one of my favorite memories wasn't, frankly, the moment when you you spend X amount of money. It was when my son and I spotted a mountain stream uh, rushing past us. I looked at him. He looked back at me. We had a moment of masculine calculation occur. And I then challenged the two of us, for no good reason, um, to step off the walking path we were on. It was a hot day, and jump into the mountain stream. We didn't have towels, <laughs> so don't apply this in terms of planning. We didn't have, I guess I planned the trip, but not specifically this, this serendipitous moment. Um, we didn't have anything in terms of handling that experience, but it was one of my favorite moments of my entire uh, decade plus of being a father. That's true in many instances. And actually, when you do plan to connect these themes, there will be serendipities that occur. There will be little inlets that you find. There will be opportunities that present themselves. There will be, beyond just having fun, there will be all sorts of opportunities for investment and discipleship and conversation and evangelism and theological discussion, 
all of that has a context to occur, and it occurs under a relaxed, refreshing banner when you plan a trip for your family, when you take a vacation, when you step aside, when you slow down the pace, um, when you give your family time to breathe, especially after you have come out of uh, a couple of years, like the couple of years that many of us have endured. Let me dare you, fathers. I dare you to take a summer trip. I dare you to make it epic. I dare you to bless your wife and bless your children. What you want to do is going to vary. Spend the money, whether it's a little money, some money, or a lot of money. Spend the money. Take the time off. Set your energy aside. Map it out. Email your wife back and forth for several days, trying to figure out exactly where you should go and what you should do. Leave some room in the schedule. Pack up the car. Yes, you're going to get up early. Yes, uh, the kids are going to be sitting in the car for a, for a long time, at least for some of us, or on a plane. Most of us probably in the car. <laughs> uh, yes, th- there are going to be low moments on a trip. It's true. There are going to be moments where, you know, everybody's a little afraid. Uh, if you're sleeping in a hotel room or if you're sleeping at a, at a campground or some other setting, yeah, there, there's going to be things that arise. And you're going to need to make sure that everybody stays on the rails. It's okay. It's okay. Conflict is going to happen. We don't want it to happen. We try to set things up really well as fathers and mothers, especially as fathers leading the family so that so that we don't wander into needless and brutalizing conflict. But nonetheless, there there's going to be hurt feelings. There are going to be touchy moments. There are going to be times when um, dad and mom have to step aside and sort something out. That's all. That's all okay. That's not you and your family failing uh, some standard out there and uh, being mocked by millions of reality TV show viewers. No, you're living your life before God. Um, we're all sinners. We all need God's grace. God gives us that grace. God has forgiven us by the blood of Jesus Christ. And we who are Christian fathers and mothers have to practice forgiveness with our spouse and definitely with our children. And so we've got to be ready. We've got to have a a rosy-eyed vision of summer trips, as you can tell I do. But then we also have to have a realistic vision. It's okay uh, for there to be lower moments. But here's the deal. There are going to be a lot of higher moments on these kind of trips. This is not something, of course, that I've thought out. This has been happening for decades and, and perhaps even hundreds of years in this society, for example. But I just want to urge fellow Christians, especially after the last few years, and especially in a time when so many families do need strengthening, take the time, spend the money, I dare you. I'm reminded here that we need to not only focus on our families, we need to fight for our families. We men need to do everything we can to fight for the good of our wives and our loved ones. We can't assume that everything is going to be normal if we just do what we do on a daily basis. We keep to our rhythms and there are no major hurdles we're going to face. Uh, Everything's going to go great for our kids. 
this is an unstable, chaotic age beyond this specific era of human history. We're in a profoundly fallen world. So it is right and good to have a, a, a focus on your family. But I would just extend that point and say that a key part of that is fighting for your family. Men, don't be a bump on a log. Fight for your family. Fight for your marriage. Fight for the good of your children. Fight for the spiritual health of your home. Invest in your loved ones. As anyone uh, who has had a family for longer than about two years can tell you, the time goes fast. The time goes very fast. So fight by the grace of God for the good of your wife. Fight for the good of your children. Fight for the whole family as a unit to be joyful in Jesus Christ. You can't save your children. No father or mother can save their children. No one is responsible for saving their children. And too often, evangelicals take that pressure onto themselves, and we minimize discipleship to, at the early, earliest possible age, excuse me, praying a prayer, and then we absolve ourselves of the, the rest of the work. If I can just expand on that for a minute, we think our work is basically to get kids to pray a prayer and then to keep them in church activities. That's a too common paradigm in Western church. When in reality, absolutely we are seeking and praying that every child given to us by God in his kindness will come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. We want that really above basically anything else in this life. As a father and mother, we pray for that on a daily basis. We seek that every way we can. But we have to know that our task is not to get kids to pray a prayer. Our task is to disciple our children. Our task, that is, is to help our, our kids, by God's working, as God works, walk their way into Christianity and never stop walking. We want not just to have the, the joyful outcome of our kids professing faith. Praise God for that when God gives that glorious moment. But we want our kids to think as a Christian, talk like a Christian, conduct themselves like a Christian, act like a Christian, want to be a Christian. And God has set it up that the major gateway toward that end is a godly father and a godly mother, a godly husband and a godly wife as the foundation of a home. And the husband has headship over his wife and thus over the entire family. And so we men need to fight for our families. So men, my challenge to repeat myself is to do what you can to bless your family this summer. Sometimes reform types and conservative evangelical types are really good at taking doctrine seriously, but we don't take joy seriously. We don't take fun seriously. Yes, I just said that. And yes, I meant to say that. We need to take fun seriously. So dads, as we wrap up here, buy the ice cream, uh, go on the hike, gather the kids, memorize scripture together in the car, 
have your have your wife print out little sheets if need be of the scripture passage, the psalm, the New Testament reading, whatever it may be that you as a family are going to memorize and work on it together in the car. Um, forgive one another as you go. Know that there are going to be moments here and there of conflict and challenge. Be ready to lead your family well. Lead your family through forgiveness and resolution. Be a tender, happy father. Here's one of the best things you can do to disciple your children, win them to Christ, bless your wife, and glorify God. Be a relaxed father. Don't be that father, and this extends to mothers as well. Don't be that father or mother who is always on level 10. Again, sometimes reform types, with a good intention of, of, of living life for God's glory, can not relax, not allow themselves to just, frankly, be a normal Christian person. Let yourself exhale. We all need it in this season, in this time, in our culture's era. Let yourself breathe. Let yourself unwind. Have long conversations between you and your kids, between you and your spouse, between someone you meet uh, out on your travels. Just enjoy a long conversation. A related point, don't be the slave to your phone on this glorious vacation or in all of life. Fight that in all of life. But especially don't let it happen on this exciting, meaningful, restful trip. Don't stress, this is a small point, but I think a somewhat vital one. Don't stress about taking pictures of every single moment. That in itself ends up sapping joy from the family's experience. Choose some moments where you take some, some shots, where you remember the trip, where you, you capture the moment. That's great. But then put the phone away. You don't have to photograph uh, the, the day by five-second intervals. That really doesn't leave your children joyful, and it won't leave you joyful. By and large, for various reasons, as much as you're able, just put the phone away. Just talk. Just be face-to-face. God willing, Strand's plan for the vacation involves a lot of natural beauty. You know, there's the whole mountains versus beach thing. Hey, go whichever way uh, your heart leads you on that count. It's okay to be disnified there, I guess you could say. If you like the mountains, be in the mountains. But be in the mountains. Don't be in the mountains to post content on social media. Don't always be distracted. Just be in the mountains. Again, be face-to-face with your loved ones and be face-to-face with the glory of God in creation. If you're at the beach, man, soak it up. Enjoy it. But don't be on that social media account. Don't get into that fray, into that dispute. Don't choose that moment to text uh, somebody about some big challenge that you're going to need to take hours to resolve. Don't let work um, draw you back in. Don't obsessively be checking your email. Unplug people. 
unplug. You need it. We all need it. Unplugging is so great today that it itself is like taking a mental vacation. Do you hear me? Unplugging is a mental vacation. Forget this summer trip that I am praising to the skies here. Just being off your phone for several hours a day is basically, air quotes, taking a trip, relaxing, being refreshed, enjoying life, knowing God's goodness. Do it more. Let's all do it more. Let's all fight for our health. Let's all fight for our refreshment. Let's all get into fewer things that are unnecessary online. Let's all be a little less amazing on email. Actually, let's be ruthlessly efficient on email, but let's not be on it constantly. That's really the key here, isn't it? You batch things, you have your seasons, you have your times, but then you have your, your other times when you are off, when you are off the grid. You don't have to show anyone how much fun you're having. The fun counts. You don't have to tell anyone how you're enjoying God's creation. You're just enjoying God's creation. All of that is good. Don't be slave to media. Don't be slave to devices. Soak up God's goodness. Well, we need to conclude. There's much we could say about taking vacations, taking trips. Of course, some families have more time and ability to do this than others. But again, my challenge has been particularly for the men who lead their families, the men who want to invest in their wives and their children. My own very limited and imperfect experience has been that when we do plan, when we do set aside these kind of times, it often yields exponential good for the family. And even if it's just a five-day period in a year, if your family gets to look forward to it, and then if you keep doing these kind of activities year after year, you talk about it, even though it's just five days, for many other weeks of the year. It gives everybody something to look forward to and and something to um, almost aspire to. And so there's a, a ripple effect when you as a father lead your family in this kind of way. I think as we conclude about Revelation 3.2, this is words to the church in Sardis. You didn't know we were going to Revelation 3 at the end here. The Christ says this, wake up and strengthen what remains, which was about to die. Wake up and strengthen what remains. There's a a context, a spiritual context for these words, but they came to mind as I thought about families today. So many families today, every family today, truly, needs strengthening, needs God's grace, needs investment. It's not just yours that does. It's not some that do. All of ours do. All of our marriages need spiritual tending. All of our children need more discipleship. All of us need to grow in God-centered joy, anchored in the Word of God. So, You've got time ahead of you, as, as long as God allows. It's all according to him. 
man plans his way and the Lord directs his steps. So plan your way. Fathers, husbands, take responsibility. Do it joyfully. No one has to give you a permission slip. You can do this. You may never have had this done for you. Your dad may not have been, frankly, uh, very fun. You may not have had opportunities like those we have discussed here. I'm thankful I did have that kind of father, and I'm thankful my father and mother did prioritize seasons of rest and fun experiences and all sorts of blessings like that. I'm grateful for that. You may not have had that, though. You can be that kind of father, though. By the grace of God, even if you are from a fractured home, even if you haven't had a great relationship with your dad and he hasn't modeled how to be a Christian man, a man of God for the glory of God, the grace of God is sufficient for you as a father. You may feel defeated. You may feel helpless. You may not know what to do, but you have hope. You have hope in Christ. You have all the resources you need in Christ Jesus, to lead your family to the glory of God. There are men, no doubt, in your church who can give you wisdom and help and guidance. Seek them out. Don't be afraid to do that. Don't be a self-sufficient man. None of us can be. None of us is. So reach out as you need wisdom on this count and many other counts and get a vision and get help. Whatever your past is, God's grace renews. God's grace transforms. God's grace changes. Your family, your family may be flagging right now. Your family may be fraying. This may be a tough season. You you may be drifting in your marriage. Your kids may be in the process of estranging themselves from you. You are not God. You cannot be God. But you can fight for your family. You can resolve and pray and work to strengthen your marriage to invest in your children, to seek to create a joyful Christian home. It's not going to be perfect. There's going to be some messiness. There's going to be some steps back on the board. It's true. But God is a renewing God. Grace is transforming grace. Hope is real hope. So, fathers, working with your wife, who is your helper, lead your family. Fathers, husbands, wake up and strengthen what remains and have some fun while you do it. 